Welcome back, everyone, to Highlighted, the All Sports Culture Podcast. Kurt, Sam, Sully, back with another episode. Um, yeah, Bucks won the finals. Uh, in case you didn't think that this is what we we're going to be talking about, obviously, what else could we be talking about uh, the day after they won it all? Sam has been gassed. He's been waiting for this, I bet, all his life. Uh, it's finally came. Um, so, yeah, with that, we'll just get right into it. We'll talk a little bit about game five, obviously, because we didn't get to, but we'll focus on game six and the overall finals because it's now over. Milwaukee completed the comeback, winning four straight, winning it in six. The Bucks in six. The prophecy, is- bitches! Let's <laughs> fucking go. Bucks in six. Bucks in six. It's official. It happens. Um, was Brandon Jennings at uh, Pfizer? He was courtside. He was courtside. You said it. You said he needed to be there. He was there. They made he- it happen. They the Bucks flew him out. He got courtside. He was the one banging the drum before the game. <laughs> uh, he was in the locker room uh, with the trophy. He posted a pic. He got the fucking uh, he got pictures in front of the the like the like golden wall that they do every year for the finals pictures. He got pictured in front of it. He's essentially a team a member of the yeah, team. He's on the staff. He's, he's on the staff. He's a cheerleader. Did you see Sam? Did you see his Instagram posts? Oh yeah. It was so funny. I was cracking it. That literally is like the best Instagram post I've ever seen. I've been so following funny. BJ since he was on the team. And I mean, the one, <laughs> the one where it says is that it has his head and it says bucks and six. Yeah. Says, they laughed at him, but Brandon was right. Yeah, off. It was so funny. Uh, um, but yeah. Um, what's all about the game uh, instead of Brandon Jennings and, you know, we do love Brandon Jennings, but you know, Talk about the actual talk about the players who actually played, and the uh, obvious one we could talk about is uh, Giannis because that was fucking insane what he did last night. Um, and what happened was like I I was like with a bunch of people, right? We were all watching the game, and like I was paying attention, but like for the first half and like a little bit the third, it was kind of like a casual watch, just kind of like hanging out with friends, keeping an eye on the score. And I look at like the casual. not a casual, so I understand. So you just said, I do want to preface Kurt, uh, Kurt, before we continue, yeah. I do have to preface that on Kurt's private story, he puts sons in seven. But before he, but on my out, Instagram post, I said bucks and six. So that's good. You're hedging yourself. I like that. I, you I, also sent me your, your uh, sons, and you said you were going to pick the sons for game five. I was wrong. And I picked yeah. Suns for game six and I was wrong again. But who cares if I'm wrong? You want a finals. It's okay. Oh, no, I, I just like rubbing it in kind people's it in. faces that, that I was right wrong. about games three I and four. I rubbed the shit in your guys' faces for the, the Heat series. You both picked the Heat. And I was like, uh, I picked the Bucks, man. I picked I the Bucks against the Heat. I picked the uh, Bucks uh, against the Nets. Definitely did that. <laughs> and I definitely picked the Bucks against the Suns. I said, uh, Bucks and six. Yeah, yeah. Sully, Sully has said Bucks for every single one. Yep, right. I, I think I said, I think you said it once. I think did you I said say it for the Hawks, and that was it. I think I said Bucks. Did I say Bucks at the beginning of the series, and then I changed it to Suns and seven? You picked the Suns and seven. I remember the that. entire time. Yes, because we did the really? second episode after Game Four, and I still said Bucks and six, and you thought I was. You you looked. I remember when I said I'm still going Bucks and six. 
I remember the look you gave me was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life because you looked at me like I was deranged. After and, uh, it was 2-2? Two, two. Yeah. You're like, I don't know, man. It was so funny. And uh, Hey, man, look at this. This is what I have to say. Damn. I said the entire time that this team only goes as far as Chris Middleton takes them. We've talked about this many times. And it was true up until game six. Chris Middleton didn't play well. Drew Holiday didn't play well. Bobby Portis, people think he's a god. I mean, he had 16 points. He played good, though. He hit his shots. Giannis did pretty much everything. He's a god to us. Here's what I'll say, though. Like, we're saying they didn't play well, and to some extent, I agree. Well, they played well on the defensive end, but... But down the stretch, and we saw this for many games, we saw them step up, and that's really where you're going to win games. I mean, Chris Middleton obviously had that game-winning shot. Or yeah, he didn't play horrible. Yeah, And then Drew Holiday was doing so much on the defensive side. He was incredible. And then, obviously, we could talk about Giannis, but what do we have to talk about? I think every single person knows how good he was. Like, the Bucks, just the whole series, even though, obviously, we can look at the first two games, they didn't play extraordinary well and as good as the next four games, obviously – down the stretch, and we saw that specifically in game five and in game six, and then even in game three and four. That's when it matters, especially in the NBA Finals. And I'll go on a rant later when we talk about the Suns, how fucking pathetic their offense was in the final five minutes, but whatever. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, obviously, we're fo- we're showcasing – what was Drew last night? Four of 18 from the four field or something? 19. It was horrible, right? Yeah. And it, it wasn't a good offensive performance, but – Drew, what he's known for, obviously, being on the first team all defense and showing up in that stage at the end, playing incredible defensively. And look, we talked about this at the time when the trade happened. We said if the Bucs make the finals and win it, and that we can say this for anything, it doesn't fucking matter how many first-round picks you gave up. And literally, you could give 10 first-round picks for Drew. You want a championship. So it was literally worth it. And you can make that case for any other trade. So uh, like, I guess the whole point of that was – even though we are saying they didn't play well in the closing stretch and what Milwaukee's done great all series and all postseason long is in those final minutes, they stepped up and that's how they won a championship. Yeah. I mean, Drew holiday, like he has been up and down in this playoffs. I I will say that Um, offensively, I will say Um, his shooting has been very, (laughs) it's like crypto. It's up one time. And then the next it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, but game five, let's go back a bit to game five because we didn't talk about game five. Drew Holiday had a master class of a game in game five. Uh, he shot the shit out of the ball. He had an excellent second quarter, which brought us back because the Suns went up 16 points in the first quarter. And Drew Holiday just put the team on his back when, you know, we were looking down and we put Giannis to the bench to give him his little rest at the start of the quarter. And he just hit shot after shot, big shot after big shot. And defensively, he has just been the best on-ball defender in the playoffs, probably. He locked down pretty much everyone that came his way. I mean, Chris Paul, for pretty much this entire series, because they started the series off with Drew Holiday on Devin Booker and then P.J. Tucker on Chris Paul. And the Bucks were playing their traditional drop when Brooke Lopez was on the floor and they'd just have him sag off. They kind of did the Ty Lue strat where they just kind of play what they're doing and 
kind of get a feel for what's going on. And they got absolutely torched by Devin Booker and Chris Paul because they just shot mid ranges and mid range shots are Chris Paul and Devin Booker's bread and butter. We know this. And in game three, they switched drew holiday onto Chris Paul and they primarily had him defend Chris Paul. And I think that was the biggest change to how this series went because drew holiday put Chris Paul and fucking Alcatraz. And when Chris Paul can't initiate the Suns offense, because in games one and two, we saw the Suns were moving the ball like hell. They moved, we saw that one possession where they moved the ball like 18 times. It looked like the freaking 14 Spurs, and they got that shot off. Didn't even matter that the Bucs played excellent defense. That was pretty much how the Suns were looking. They got like 20 corner threes up. They hit like 12 of them. They were shooting great. They were passing great. It's because Chris Paul was in his groove. Drew Holiday gets on him. He's completely out of his groove. And the Suns offense just became Devin Booker, iso ball, stagnant. People are waiting around just watching Booker operate. And the Bucs learned this from the, the net series. They'll live with one guy torching you if the rest of the team isn't really doing much. And that team is completely out of sorts. And that's exactly what happened to the Suns in games three through five. They kind of just got a little bit stagnant because they fell into the trap of letting Devin Booker cook for 40 points twice in a row. And I mean, I would let Devin Booker cook for 40 points as well. They nearly won both those games, and those games were the deciding factors in this series, obviously. But when that offense wasn't going as well as it should have, it worked out for the Bucs. It worked out for them when Kevin Durant was doing it, and it worked out again with now, I guess. And uh, I will say, Chris Paul, he did have a good series. Let's not mistake that. Some people are absolutely shitting on him. I don't think that's warranted. He was really good. It's funny but. how quickly this narrative of Chris Paul has changed from at the beginning of the, you know, towards the middle of this playoffs. Everyone was like, oh my God, one of these two guys, like right before the series, they're like, one of these, ty- one of these two guys is going to win a ring. Like, I'm so happy. And it's Giannis and Chris Paul. Everyone was so happy. They're like, one of the guys is going to win. The Suns go up 2-0. They're like, Chris Paul's going to win a ring. This is crazy. Then they start to lose. And literally, I haven't seen one person like Chris Paul. Everyone hates him. Yeah. Every single person's like, good. This guy lost. Chris Paul lost. Let's go. Didn't get a ring. He'll never have a ring. He's going to retire ringless. Like, let's go. I'm like, this is totally, I don't know. Maybe it's like different people. I don't know if it's the same people. But I thought that was interesting. But um, I got to say, I mean, if Giannis is hitting 17 for 19 free throws, he's probably the best player in the NBA. Um, <laughs> Did you guys see the thing? I was, it was insane. It was like some restaurant or bar or whatever, and it was based yes, in Phoenix. Yes, they were giving shots. Yep. Free shots. Sure. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah. hilarious. Everyone in that bar. I mean, that bar went bankrupt. Yeah. It I was mean, funny. Someone sent it to me. It was like, or they like sent to like our channel. I was like, imagine if we're there, like we would have fucking died. Yeah. Like you're just like Giannis. You're like, <laughs> He made one, and you just keep going about like the sixteenth yeah. one. You're like, kids. oh, your your liver would be absolutely yeah. decimated. Yeah, everyone was black. And it's actually kind of crazy because in Game Five, Giannis's free throws nearly, nearly cost the Bucks that game because yeah. the Bucks were up, they're up like 10, 10 to like fifteen points in the fourth quarter, and then in the last four minutes, 
they could not score and the Suns went on a run and those free throws were playing a very big factor. And then obviously that play happens. Well, that too. And then that play happens where they're up one Devin Booker is coming up the court. He's got 40 points. You're like, Oh shit, here he comes. Drew holiday rips that man's ball. Oh, that came out wrong. He rips his ball. He takes that ball from him. And in one of the wildest plays, I think I've in ballsiest plays ever. Yeah. Before he finished, like I'm watching that. And like, while the ball is in mid I'm like, what the fuck is drew holiday doing? I'm like, hold the ball. And then the, I mean, it would have been ballsy if it was anyone, but Giannis like, yeah. And then if you're going to lob it to anyone in transition in that situation, Giannis is the player you want to do it to. And People were ripping Chris Paul for that play. They were. Did you they, guys hear what up? Uh, if that was anyone said? but Giannis, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I hate Chris Paul. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah. yeah, I was like, damn. I don't I mean, listen to any other I mean, podcasts, but. Yeah, I mean, you only should listen to this one. No one else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, And I was thinking, like, I don't really know what the answer would be. Like, if you're Chris Paul, because obviously I understand his whole thing is he's just trying to foul Giannis. And, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, too. But I, I was thinking, like, Maybe, and I don't really, I think the answer is you try and foul, but like at the same yeah. time, like if Giannis is up in the air and you think he's going to dunk it, why don't you just back away? They're up by three. You have way more time now to get a three and try and tie the game. I mean, yeah, he missed the yeah, free but if throw you, too. He yeah. missed the free throw and the Bucks got the, the, Drew Holiday pushes it up and Giannis is like, get that shit away from me. I don't yeah. want no yeah. part of that ball. Right. And that, ult- that cost the Suns that that bad miss you know i said Giannis's free throws really cost him that game but that free throw may have saved their ass at some point yeah, right they got the um, rebound but then you get to game six and i when i went on that tangent about the sun's offense which we will get to i know you have a big spiel about the suns you want to get into and i agree i think the suns like bud out coached monty in this series and i don't think that's a debate and I think Monty went away from f- some things that really, you know, hurt them in this series. He kind of fell into the Bucks' lap and he kind of limited Chris Paul a bit. I think he realized that after game four, you can't play Chris Paul more than 40 minutes because Chris Paul, like he fell over on that one play, which led to that transition bucket for the Bucks to ultimately win game four. And, and then game six, you know, the Bucks, yeah, they just they don't play. I mean, the Suns had a masterclass shooting game in game five, and they're not coming out, they're not shooting as well. They have no plan to stop Giannis. I mean, Aiton was getting cooked, Crowder was getting cooked. Kaminsky actually gave them some decent minutes, which Kaminsky is kind of was funny. Playing better than Aiton. Literally, he was scoring Aiden pretty was decently. He was he really rebounds. he really wasn't bad. Aiton? No, Kaminsky. Oh, no, Kaminsky. I was like, he played in the first two games, and then game two, Giannis killed him. And I was like, all right, Kaminsky's out for the series. And I saw him come in for game six. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is Monty thinking? And he gave him some pretty decent minutes. I mean, that Sar- the Sarich injury definitely was a big factor in this series. And that did hurt their bench depth because they had no big options to guard Giannis. Like the minutes that Aiton was off the floor and Giannis was on it, they were getting demolished. I mean, Aiton was guarding Giannis just as good as I would have. Let's be honest. Aiton, but the thing is, Aiton at least has the size 
to kind of hold his own, I guess you could say. Um, Crowder and McHale just don't. And you saw that on numerous occasions. But I mean, this was easily DeAndre Aiden's worst game in the playoffs after such he's a miraculous. The least, he he's was the least crazy. aggressive player I've ever seen in my life. After the game two against the Clippers where we're saying, this guy's unbelievable. The guy, after his first year. Yeah, it is kind of it's so it's funny like, how it's like, literally yeah. like two weeks later and everyone's like, this guy sucks. He's the worst player in the league. It's just yeah. NBA fans are crazy. Hey, he, he, this is his third year. Let's the Suns I mean, yeah, he's still a solid player. Yeah, this right. Suns team is young as hell just with Chris Paul. And I'm actually kind of interested to see how the Suns doing this Chris Paul trade kind of ripples throughout the league and getting like a veteran guard. Like Kyle Lowry's available. I think some team that has a young roster that needs a veteran presence is going to try and overpay Kyle Lowry, like new Orleans. Like I think they like that. That's just kind of an example because Chris Paul, you know, this Suns team is all young. Like that starting five is young as hell. It's Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Deandre Ayton and Jay Crowder starting, but they had cam Johnson in that spot. This is a young team. And Chris Paul, like you and me talked about Sully, they, Chris Paul brought that son brought the sons to that next level. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I, and I mean, obviously the Suns, we can make the case that they did this, but like we've seen the last three NBA final champs all have gone in on a big time player 2019 with Kawhi 2020 with AD 2021 with Drew. So it kind of, Whoa, hold on there. What? The Bucks definitely went, I mean, the capital they gave up for I mean, I mean, championship I mean, come on, you don't expect me to say anything? We got, okay, say? 2019 with Kawhi Leonard, 2020 with Anthony Davis, 2021 with Drew Holiday. Sully, who won the championship? No, that's not what I'm saying, but Drew Holiday can't even sniff Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis. That's not the point. I'm not looking at it from the talent standpoint. I'm looking up for the capital they made a what move. they gave up. Yeah. They made a move, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I'm Just, saying. Just throwing that out there. Every yeah. single penny. Yeah. And I just, like I said, it didn't matter how much you gave up. You want a ring, and that's all that matters. Um, okay. Is this a good time for me to start my rant on Phoenix? Yeah. Start your spiel. Yeah. <laughs> so it made me more upset because I bet the Suns four and a half to cover. Idiot. And I was fine with the Bucks winning, but as long as they covered the Suns. And do you remember when it was what was the score? It was... Was it the four-point game? One, it was Chris yeah. Middleton hits the elbow jumper? No, no, it was right after that. So you're up by five at the time or something, right? I don't know what you're up by, right? We were up by we were up by six. Then we went, brought it to eight. And then Connaughton missed two free throws. And then um, Chris Paul got like a quick lefty layup. So what is it, five? You're up by five? We're up by six. Okay. Because it was eight to six. And then... Uh, we got like a rebound or something like that. I don't remember. Okay. And then do you remember? Do you remember? It's the inbound, and Booker hits that like great look from three, and he mix, misses it, and then they foul. Oh yeah, he's at the top of the key, and he yeah, missed yeah. it. Yeah. So at that point, I don't know what the exact score line is, but if he makes the three, I cover, and there's like 30 seconds left. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm like, I I don't care what happens. Just fucking make this within four <laughs> points, and we're good. That's all I care about. And Booker misses that shot. And I, and of course, like 
I'm that casual NBA fan. I'm like, Booker, you fucking suck. You are so bad at this game. And I'm like, and obviously I don't actually mean that, but in the heart of the moment, but that brings me to my point of where Booker, I mean, we've seen, and I'm not saying Booker and CP3, obviously what they did for Phoenix, this whole series was unbelievable. And they were basically just the heart and cornerstone of why they brought it to six games, won the first two games, et cetera. But the last five minutes of that game was just so painful to watch if you're a Suns fan because every single thing, and I'm fine with it, every single thing was running through CP3 and Booker. And like I said, that, that's kind of how it should be. They're your two best players. Your offense should run through them, especially Book, who's going to bring so much offensively, especially if you're needing points from any range on the court. The problem was, though, like we've talked about, Milwaukee and so much credit to them defensively, what we saw from Giannis, what we saw from Drew, what we saw from just every single person on the court, just getting in, not allowing Booker or CP3 to just do anything with the ball. And we've talked about how, you know, CP3, especially from a creativity standpoint, that's what makes him so good. He wants to be the conductor. That we've talked about it. You mentioned it, Sam. He just was not doing that whatsoever. It seemed like every time he got the ball, he was being swarmed. So a lot of credit goes to Milwaukee in that sense. But when it is the NBA Finals, it's a much must win. And it looked like Phoenix was just running on like their last leg. I mean, they looked exhausted out there. They couldn't get anything going. But like I said, it's the last game. And all you really can come up with is just ISO basketball. It's like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And Booker, CP3 are just kind of dribbling, trying to create a shot. And credit to Booker because most of the like good amount of times, He's falling away from like 15 feet away and he makes it. It's a great shot, but I'm still like, look, I know we want to praise Monty and maybe not all the blame has to go with him in this, but you got to figure out something that's going to work better than just relying on Booker and CP three. You just the only two guys that you want the ball in your hands at the end to make these tough shots. And you looked at Milwaukee, who'd go down the court right after that. They'd give the ball to Giannis and he would just find his way to the basket. And a lot of that goes to, him just being unstoppable, but it also goes to uh, Phoenix not having any center play, any big man play where they could stop him. So it kind of works both ways. But Milwaukee, it seemed like every single time they got the ball from an offensive standpoint, even though they weren't good offensively. I mean, Giannis was 50 of the 105 points they put up. You know, everyone else on the rest of the court really didn't do a lot. But it looked like every single time they had the ball, they were just so much better. It could do so much more with it. And then Phoenix coming down the court, it was just – painful to watch um and i just don't know if you're a Suns fan how you're not yelling at the tv for those last five minutes um and look like i understand like i guess if you're relying maybe mikhail jay and whoever else should be stepping up in those big time but at the same time we've seen throughout the whole series just the offense even if it's you know with a great defensive team like milwaukee to hopefully kind of figure it out and they just didn't um and I don't know. It was, it was pathetic in my opinion. Live by the sword, die by the sword, man. That's what they do. They let, you know, I mean, CP three, they let him orchestrate the offense, but when it comes down to it, I mean, that's the same thing they kind of did with Kobe. Like Kobe would come down last three minutes of the game and be like, Kobe, do your thing. That's, that's what they want Devin Booker to do. And I mean, he's young, he's 24 years old. Um, Obviously, his first playoff run to the finals, incredible. Uh, 
I know I've been like talking shit about Booker, but that's just because I was comparing him to Giannis. I mean, Devin Booker is an unbelievable player. He's top 15 in this league and he's 24 years old. So it's, it's insane what he's done. And he definitely missed a lot of big shots, but he also hit a ton more shots that were massive this entire series. So, I mean, yeah, you could look at the last, you know, three minutes of the game. You see him miss three, you see him miss, you know, mid-range shot. I, there was a lot of shots for them in that game. That, this is what happens when you're a mid-range specialist. Um, you know, there was a lot of shots that if it was three centimeters to the right, it goes in. I mean, that's kind of what happens when you're a mid It's not the same when you're Giannis and you can get to the rim at ease and, you know, hit an 85% chance of hitting this shot. It's a lot more guaranteed when you're honest and you can do that. It's a lot harder when you're Devin Booker and you got to, you know, fall away, but that's his game. And I think as he gets older, gets more accurate, gets more, you know, poise maybe. And um, I, I don't think it was like a horrible idea to, you know, have that kind of offense. I'm not saying it's a horrible idea. Like I'm fine with you living by those two. And like I said, that's what I would have done too. It's just, and I guess, I don't know if I'm like discrediting Monty in a sense, cause I don't want to, cause I think he's an unbelievable coach, but in that time, if people want to, if you are going to be the profound, people want to think of you as the deserving coach of the year. I just wish it was a lot better than just those two, just ISO the whole time. And I understand maybe he's just saying, do your thing, be creative, but you would have expected a little bit more than just that. So stagnant offense we saw from them the last five minutes. Yeah, like I said, they fell into the Bucks trap. The Bucks did the exact same thing with Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, and they won that net series by the skin of their teeth, but it worked. They won actually not by the skin of their teeth, by one side of the shoe. That's how much <laughs> they won that series by. And I will I said this on the pod when we won that series. I just want to thank Kevin Durant's mother for giving him those genetics and having that big of a foot because we would not have this championship without that. And, but I want to bring up one last thing about the Suns before we probably switch over back to more like big picture buck stuff. Um, but the Suns, you know, we, we weren't really, you know, happy with their last four games in this performance i mean they dominate the first two games and then the next four you know you talked about their stagnant offense they kind of went away from what they were so i'm just wondering with how the western conference went their way with these injuries and i I, i'm one of those people that's like injuries happen don't apologize for it because it's out of your control and the Suns obviously took advantage of it. They went through three teams. I mean, the Bucks were rewarded with it the same way. So I'm not saying that we didn't benefit at all. We get killed by the Nets if that didn't happen. But with how the Western Conference is probably going to shape up, do you think this is Chris Paul's legitimate last chance? Or do you think the Suns are going to be back and still a top you know, beater in the Western conference, or do you think they still need that other option? Because we saw in this series, it was basically Devin Booker for two games. And then the last game, you know, Devin Booker, wasn't it? And Chris Paul was trying his best, you know, what, what's your outlook for the Suns, and how do you think they should respond after this finals loss? Um, I, I, I mean, I think, yeah, a lot of people I've heard are saying this was CP3's only chance at a ring. And 
to some extent, I don't disagree. I mean, you're two games away from winning the championship. I think this is the best chance he's going to get. But at the same time, we have been saying Phoenix is an extremely young team. So it's obviously not like they're at, this was like their only window to win the finals. I still think there's an opportunity. I think they will be competitive in the West next year. They're obviously going to be a playoff team. And I'd put them at the higher point of the Western uh, conference standings, but obviously you have LA there. You have obviously Utah, there's Denver. There's loads of teams that without dealt with injuries and just, I think will come back and have a better chance than Phoenix. So I don't put Phoenix in a situation next to where they're in the finals again, representing the Western Western conference. But at the same time, I'm not going to say, yeah, this was CP3's only chance at winning. I think there's a chance that he could get back. And I think that he'll be competitive in the playoffs. So with that being said, I think there's a chance, but I think this is the best chance he's going to get. Yeah. That, that's the closest he'll ever get. Um, they'll be solid next year. They'll be, you know, I don't think they're going to get any worse. I don't think that they're going to get much better. Um, going to be a pretty similar team going into next year, probably be around a four seed and uh, you know, yeah, three or four seed. And I think that they'll be competitive in the playoffs, just like Kurt said, but that is definitely going to be the farthest he ever up to O in the finals will be the best he'll ever get. I think. I mean, shit. I'm just bringing this up. Chris Paul could be a free agent this off season. And he's what going. Do, to I be. was going to ask that. What do we think is going to happen? I think the common I think he'll be back. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I mean, decline the player option and then just find work out a deal with Phoenix. Is that what we yeah. think is happening? That's what I think will happen. Yeah. I agree. The Lakers. Like, where I, else? Yeah. Where else would he sign with? Because he said he still wants to get paid, and Phoenix is like the only contender that can pay him and keep him in the. He obviously knows it works. Like, why would he leave? Yeah. You know, unless he wants to play for the fucking MLE on the Lakers or the Clippers. You know, yeah, and I don't think the Suns are gonna do a sign and trade with him for a group of, you know, like average players yeah they got a steal for that chris paul trade. kuzma they get kuzma yo kuzma taylor horton tucker and uh Kentavious caldwell pope for damian t- lillard i'm telling you we talked about this but the the amount of height that taylor horton tucker had that i like that one like window in the season was just so bizarre like he oh. was always fine he's a good player but like lakers fan thought he was totally gonna be good, like man. the next coming of Christ. It was like, I have, sports. I have a fantastic receipt right after Giannis signed the Supermax. Jay Williams was asked, does Giannis a Supermax mean anything for Milwaukee's title chances? The man brought up Taylor Horton Tucker in his answer about the Lakers being the title, like the title favorites. And I was like, dude, <laughs> let this small market have it's fun, you know? Yeah. And yeah, well, Jay Williams is brain dead, so yeah, well. he tweeted that the Celtics got the first African-American coach. And oh, yeah, that's right. Bill Russell was the coach, bro. Like, I forgot. About, I forgot he they, they had Doc Rivers like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, and that too, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think they had the first African-American coach in the NBA. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And then he came out and said, uh, you know, I didn't tweet that I was hacked and it used the same punctuation that the original tweet used. <laughs> he did like an ellipses. No one does an ellipses. And then I watched a, you know, a P, uh, barstool, uh, big cat thing where it was like that hacker studied Jay Williams punctuation and grammar. <laughs> and he was waiting his entire life to imitate him. 
but yeah, uh, I also saw, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, what's the Instagram account that always just posts like freezing hot takes or freezing, freezing cold, cold takes? takes. Freezing yeah. Cold takes yeah. yeah. They tweeted like, which one gives you a better chance to win a final finals over the next five years? And it was Brad Stevens <laughs> and Giannis and Giannis had 54%. I Only remember 54%. when that got posted. I remember when that got posted on Twitter. I remember that. That's the thing about sports, man. Brad people Stevens isn't like, even a coach anymore. <laughs> I know. People, people get too – they're prisoners of the moment, and it's like – I mean, it could – I'm not going to say it could have gone either way because taking the coach there, in my opinion, is very, very stupid. But people just – sports can kind of go either way a lot of the time, but people are like prisoners of the moment, and they buy into hype and shit. Like Giannis has that series against the Heat. I even bought into it a little bit. That's why I picked the Heat this year. Um, you know, where he really had no offensive game. It was it was ugly, blah, blah, blah. It got kind of shut down. And they lose as the one seed or they were the one seed last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone was like, oh, Giannis can't play in the playoffs. I bought into it a little bit. I still believed him for the most part. I would say more than most people, but I was still a little bit of a Debbie Downer for him. But uh I mean, it was it was a complete opposite this year, and that's sports, man. Like I people the, like to, yeah. It's I just... think the worst freezing cold take I saw was Colin Coward's top ten players left in the playoffs, and he didn't. That's it. I, I like, mean, I just you, you got to think that's just for like starting a conversation, right? He like he doesn't to. actually believe that. When did he make that? Because that had to have been after the first after round, the right? First round, yeah. So yeah. it just doesn't make sense, right? You guys have no idea the amount of Giannis slander I've seen over the past. Well, that's the thing, and then years. and that's been a big thing recently is the fact that everyone has been kind of noticing that like no one cares what he does. Like there were people, there were more tweets about Chris Middleton having a chance at Finals MVP mm-hmm. compared to Giannis after back-to-back forty-point games, mm-hmm. and you're just like, all right, yeah, Chris Middleton like hit two mid-range jumpers in the last two minutes. Like, who scored the other forty-five points? Yeah. Like. It's so like Chris. Stupid. Yeah. He had a 40 point game, but yeah, Giannis like, had a 50 in yeah. the closeout game. Exactly. And look, Giannis had two iconic finals moments that will be remembered because they won this series. And it was the block, which people are calling the sun block, which I think is kind of funny. And then the value oop, I guess they're calling it. The value. Um, Good one. And that those plays, they were both by him. And then he had that showcase of a 50 point night to just shut up the haters about if he can perform in the playoffs, because God damn it. Yes, he can. And I am so happy that this narrative is completely gone. And just seeing the past 24 hours of people singing his praises, you know, and seeing, you know, Milwaukee get actual recognition. Like that's like good. You know, because throughout the entire playoffs, they said we're pro- we're the dumbest team to make the finals. You know, you can't get it done in the playoffs. Yada yada yada. We're frauds. Yada yada yada. Hearing that time and time again, and well, you did it. First in fifty years, and I. Hey man, I'm happy. I before the playoffs last season, I said Giannis could be the best of all time. He's on track, man. He's on track. I can go back to talking like he's the best player of all, all right, time. All right. let, let me ask you this, because you you say you fall into the trap. Where's Giannis ranked now? I mean, overall is tough. You, you have to look at it a little bit more in depth, but he's the second greatest power forward ever. Okay. You want to 
go more in depth on that? Who's one? Tim, Tim. Duncan. Obviously, Tim. Mal- and then who else do you have? We count yeah. Malone as a four, well, as a power four. Yeah, you can count Malone as a four. Malone I think is Giannis... definitely still above Giannis. I'm no. sorry. No. Uh, I would take Giannis. I think Giannis. here, Kurt. Well, you know, Malone should have had one. But, Malone, uh, <laughs> Garnett, Dirk. That's really the convert. Those three. I, I think I'd put well, Malone. Some people are saying Garnett too. I disagree. Garnett was great. I mean, oh, his was 04 great. MVP was absurd. So nice. Wasn't as good as Giannis. I, I, I can make I can make a pretty good argument for that being true, Sully. Oh, I know we're talking about the NBA finals, but fantasy season is slowly approaching. Everyone plays fantasy football. You know it. You should be playing it because it's the best thing ever. We've recently partnered up with Fantrax. It's basically like um, a fantasy platform like ESPN, Yahoo, Sleeper, but it's one of the most customizable platforms out there. If you don't like defenses, you don't like kickers, you think tight end should have 1.5 PPR, stuff like that, crazy cool rules. You can do that all on Fantrax. They also do, you know, daily fantasy contests that you guys can enter to win money. Uh, we do have a sign-up code, fantrax.com slash ASC. You can be featured on our mock drafts, and that's going to be where we're running our official fantasy football leagues for ASC. We're going to be doing three leagues, I believe. So if you want a chance to be entered into those or the mock drafts featured onto the posts, um, just sign up at fantrox.com slash ASC and message us done. You will be added to the list and we will DM you with the mock draft or if you've been selected to go into our official leagues. Also, if you do sign up using that link, you're entered to win a signed Josh Allen Bills jersey, which is pretty cool. Who doesn't love Josh Allen? He's one of the most likable players in the league. Great young quarterback. Maybe win MVP next year. We'll see. But um, yep, that's it. Sign up fantrax.com slash ASC. I mean, can we just take a minute to appreciate Giannis? Like, no, we yeah, no one talk for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Moment like, of silence for like, Giannis. <laughs> no, like, I'm serious. I mean, the finals performance we just saw this man put on is an all-time great performance. First 50-point game in a elimination game since Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit. Yep. And was it 48, 58? 58. Yeah. That doesn't even count. Basketball before the seventies <laughs> doesn't count. So, this Giannis all- is the first ever. Actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but he averaged thirty-five, ten, actually, probably I think thirty-five, thirteen, and five on sixty percent shooting. It's absurd. It's just ridiculous. And dude, like I feel like no one really cares. Like no one really cares about rebounds too. And if you yeah. look at Giannis's rebounds. A lot of them are very impactful. Dude, like even like Drew's stat line from last night, what do you have? Like nine boards. You almost had a triple door. And like everyone's like, he sucked. And I'm like, that's what's talking about that. That was impressive. Yeah. It's just no one cares. Everyone just looks at points. Everyone just looks at points. Yeah. When you shoot four for 19, like it's hard to say someone didn't. Well, I'm fine. Yeah. He was impactful. But everyone just looks at how many points they had, and they're like, and they're like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's and that's how they judge them. How and and obviously, defensive plays are never shown on the scoreboard, like yeah. on the box score. So, right. I mean, Drew just like people were calling him Drew Bledsoe, whatever you know, as a oh, meme. That's that kind of funny. <laughs> it was kind Drew of funny Bledsoe. because, it, yeah, yeah. But um, the difference between Drew and Bled is so massive, and. You saw it defensively in this series because Drew can literally switch one through five and clamp anyone. 
he came up with such clutch plays when we needed him to, even if he wasn't having it going in the offense. I mean, think back to game seven in Brooklyn. He hit those three huge shots in the fourth quarter to get us that win essentially. And, you know, in this game, even though he didn't have it offensively, defensively, he was clamping people up and he was making a huge impact on offense with his passing him as a passer is miles and miles beyond what Eric Bledsoe ever did for us because Drew's just knowledge and intelligence is just way beyond blood. Like it's not even close. And then going back to Giannis, like, yeah, I, I actually agree, Sully. I think you can make a pretty damn good case for second best power forward of all time. Considering his resume, which is one of the greatest resumes at all time at age 26, he's still got what? We're at least, we all at least think he's going to play another 10 years, right? Yes. Yeah. What could Although, happen? Yeah. Like, I can both project see, he yeah. makes all, if you just project that he makes an all star game for eight of those years and then he's on the all NBA team four times like that's pretty realistic and that's probably underselling the shit out of it yeah that's definitely i mean if it's not for time. if it's not for that's, that's how we're arguing though we're arguing now i'm not now saying i still would say yes okay, yeah, but you I just proved, right you now. just proved points though you're saying in 10 years from now this is what he's gonna no, he's do. just adding that on he's just saying like i'm he, adding that on to get i know i know but i'm yeah. just saying it, right now yeah, no, I'm, I know I'm, what you're saying. What you're saying is wrong. Okay, but that's not okay. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm. I. I think Giannis can be a goat. He has goat potential, and he easily can be the best power forward of all time. But we're not there yet, and we're talking about right now. Oh yeah, he's not the best. He's the second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, like Giannis is. I'm just so glad that people are finally appreciating him because I've appreciated this guy for years now. And I've seen him grow as a player and as a human being. And it's just, he deserves every fucking ounce of this. And I'm so happy it's finally happening. And that IG live, man, or the 50 piece nugget from Chick-fil-A. That was like, hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious. hilarious. He brought his, he brought his trophies back to his brother when his brother's in COVID protocols at the hotel room. Uh, he put him the trophies to bed. <laughs> he was kissing the trophies at the podium, you know. He's, he's the most he's the most likable player in the NBA. Yeah. Like, I don't he's think anyone. And after they won the finals, and he's walking into the locker room in the tunnel, ready to get shit faced and drink some <laughs> champagne, uh, he was hugging. He was shaking hands with every you know. There was like three little girls that were lined up, like trying to take a picture with him. He took a picture, he hugged them. Then he like shook the parents' hands and was like hugging like media members or something. I don't know. Listen, man, not a lot of people would do that. If they just won, they'd run straight to the locker room and they would start downing bottles, which is what I would do. <laughs> but Giannis, he's not me. So um, why Giannis is a better person than Matt Sullivan. Yeah. I, I do think it's notable that literally once the final buzzer went off, he went past his team and went straight to his family. Yeah. And I thought, I thought he was running straight to the locker room and I was like, is he emotional? Is it going to be like a Dirk 2011 type thing? And then he went straight to his family and I was like, my heart. Yeah. Like that just tells you everything. You need That's what happens when you're not born in America. You like value things, you know? 
When you're born in America, really you we, we, we really don't value shit over do here, man. Fuck you want, man. Yeah. That's crazy, though. I mean, that's what I, I mean. We got the finals MVP was born in Greece. We got the regular season MVP. Where I was trying to remember where Jokic was born. Serbia? Yeah, I think it's Serbia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I... Uh, the foreign players are done. We got Luca the best. Embiid, Embiid Luka. was the runner-up. Yeah, Embiid was Luka the runner-up. Luca yeah. is actually the best player in the NBA. So now it's just well, question Americans for you. Suck. Yeah, we're losing it over here. How yeah. many? Like five years? Like in the next five years? How many American players do you think will win an MVP? Because I would bet the likelihood of them winning more than foreign players is way less right now. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I was going to say this, this from driving my memory back to before um, when we were talking about Giannis's resume, if voter fatigue wasn't a thing, which it definitely is in the NBA when we talk about MVPs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Giannis could win three, four more. He tries harder than, and it's not a knack on him. Um, it's not a knock on him in any way that he like tries hard. That's not a bad thing, but he tries harder than anyone in the regular season. Every single game, he gives it 100%. Maybe him and Russell Westbrook. But Russell Westbrook sucks. So Giannis gives it 100% every game. He plays almost every game. Um, so technically, he could win MVP like three, four more times. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think he's only re- five in his career. And I'm, yeah, the only reason I'd say he's not going to is because NBA loves storylines. Like, Luka's going to win one soon. Like, if Luka gets a top three seed, he's going to win one. Zion could probably win one eventually um like that even though Giannis could potentially be more deserving but i mean that's yeah. that's with that's been with lebron from 2010 to whatever I mean, 2018 yeah. he literally could have won every single year but you yeah pretty much. when when does Giannis hit that mark where it's just like oh we're we're done maybe he already with, hit with it with you like yeah maybe he hit it but i i remember um there was a report from uh, eric name the bucks beat reporter and um for the athletic and he was saying that his colleagues at the athletic just would not they've told him they're not going to vote for Giannis until he does it in the playoffs and oh, well, i guess i gotta vote for him now well yeah, yeah shit now they got that i mean i think it has a little bit to do with like people don't want to like, see the same he, person win every year well that too but Giannis's game is like way less yeah. exciting than someone like there's the same reason why people or my friends were picking devin booker over Giannis. If you break it down, there's simply no, there's not a world in which that is, you would take him over Giannis, but Devin Booker is a more exciting, more flashy player. That, that's that's what people like. They like a guy that can hit the mid range shot, then hit, hit the last shot, hit the three point buzzer beater in the last 10 seconds. That's what people like these days. They love social media. They love highlights and shit. Uh, I mean, Giannis definitely gives you great highlights, but everyone loves that last 10 second shot, that mid range shot where you're falling away. So I, I feel like that's some of the reason why someone might win an MVP award over him, even if they're a little bit less than deserving. Look, man, I just want to say this. I still think Giannis has a whole other level to his game. He hasn't unlocked and he still could. I mean, you saw it last night. This game was the greatest game of Giannis's career. And I don't think anyone will dispute that clearly was, I mean, it was, I think two points shy of his career high. I think his career high is 52. He'd had it against the jazz. Um, on April 3rd. Yeah. No, it was not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, uh, I just love how you like knew the team. You like knew everything about it. I, I remember it was everything. 76 degrees outside. I yeah. remember Chris Middleton's was 51. 
He was one shy, but Giannis didn't play that game. It was against the Wizards, I remember. Kurt would remember that game probably. I don't know. Was, I don't know. Kurt has no idea. Bradley Beal had like 40 in that game. Uh, went to I overtime. Remember. I remember. Uh, just I don't but no, no, yeah. But back to back to Giannis. I mean, I still think he has a whole other level to his game that hasn't been unlocked. I mean, last night you saw it. Like usually, people, you know, the James Harden quote. He's a run and dunk player. You know, that looks pretty shitty for James Harden, right? Dude, about I literally, now, I'm not even kidding. Well, like for like <laughs> ten minutes, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna end this podcast and I'm gonna be like, James Harden, if you're listening, remember, Giannis has no skill and is seven foot and can only <laughs> dunk, but. You know, I can't really do that anymore. Thanks a but, lot, Sam. You see what you're doing here? I'm sorry, but I'm I had to bring it up because Giannis got a ring before Harden. So uh, fuck you, Harden. But Giannis, yeah. James like, is in this right game, now. in this game, he was hitting mid-range shots. He was hitting fadeaways. He was hitting that nice little hook shot. I mean, if he can get that shit down consistently, like if you can have him score outside of six feet of the basket, how are you going to stop him? Like, I mean, yeah, like, at that he's point, already one he... of the most unstoppable players in the NBA, and you could label him the most unstoppable player in the NBA right now. But if he adds that, like a cons- pretty consistent, like mid ranger, and big men can't just sag in the paint on him because he can hit that, like, that's insanity. Everyone should just and retire. Literally. I mean, <laughs> You could. He doesn't even need Flashed the hook it. shots. He doesn't even need the fadeaways. He doesn't need anything like that. If you gave, if you took Shaq and Giannis isn't as dominant as Prime Shaq in the paint. Obviously, he's probably the most dominant player ever, but he's pretty fucking dominant. So if you took Shaq and you gave him seventy percent free throw shooting, he might be the best player ever in the NBA. Seventy-five percent, seventy free throw shooting. If Giannis hits those seventeen for nineteen. In game six. I mean, if, if he even sniffs those numbers for a prolonged period of time, he's the best player in the NBA. That's really all. He doesn't even need the hook shots. He doesn't need the fadeaways. Yeah, those, it's over. Him hitting those free throws was the biggest miracle of that of last night. Like, I'm more in disbelief that he, he hit 17 of 19 from the line than us winning the championship. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And that just goes to show you how bad Giannis wanted this for himself and his family and his team and to do it for Milwaukee and all the emotion showed through on him. And I, I really like, what, what were your guys thoughts on his quote about him deciding? He's like, I could have joined a super team, but I decided I fucking love it. Did you see what Steven Jackson said? No, I didn't. He said, uh, he basically said that the Bucs are a super team. I he, think people have a big un- misunderstanding of what a super team actually well, is. Yeah. yeah, anyone I mean anyone that any team that has like a decent big three nowadays, they kind of just call a super three or a super team. But like realistically, there's really no team that's ever gonna win NBA, NBA finals without three prominent players. It's never gonna and like from here on out, there's too many good players in the league. Yeah, a super team is when superstars join other superstars on a team. But Milwaukee literally drafted. Yeah, and Middleton's not even a. And superstar. no one would call Middleton a superstar, exactly. and they're not calling Drew, Drew Holiday a superstar so either. Far. So, yeah, and so people dumb. didn't even want to call Giannis a superstar. They said he sucked in the playoffs. So, miss me with that. So everyone sucks. Everyone yeah, is the wrong. Bucks. Chris suck. Middleton, Chris Middleton was literally suck. a throw-in in a Branding Jennings trade. How ironic is that? 
Um, Wait, where did Middleton? Middleton has played every game of his career with the Bucks. No, he played with the what? Pistons. And uh, okay, that's what I thought. And then uh, when I we didn't, traded I didn't Brandon look it up, Jennings, like I thought that. we traded him for Brandon Knight and Chris oh, wait. Middleton. Middleton was not drafted by the Bucks. No, nope. oh, my bad, I got that wrong. Well, he, he was traded. Yeah, he was traded in twenty whatever. He got okay. traded after twenty twelve. Well, like yeah, he, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he was traded when he was shitty. It's whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm kind of still right. I'm yeah, yeah. Wrong, so. they were just building the super team really early. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know about it. Twenty twelve. Fun, fun stat about Middleton: he in the past twenty five postseasons, Chris Middleton is tied for the most clutch buckets in the NBA playoffs in a single run with LeBron James. Ooh. All right, well, LeBron's a pussy, so Middleton has number one in that category. Let's go, Sully! Yes! <laughs> but also that, you know, takes a little bit of... It takes a little bit of credit away from Giannis. We don't want to take credit away from Giannis. Oh, shut up, Sully. Just <laughs> shut up. All right. Anything else we want to add? um we kind of went through like everything i've got one last little like all right i have, steal, I have a question for you sam you guys, i got a question go for you sam yeah. Giannis leaves four years from now five years happening. whatever his contract it's never happening i don't care what you say he's never gonna leave I, if he, he literally leaves. said in an interview today that if he never wins another chip he's fine with it five years from now Giannis leaves it's not happening <laughs> what, hypothetically what hypothetically what would you think it's still not happening what, what would i think i would yeah. i would literally be indebted to him so like, so you, you'd be if okay he with it. if Giannis leaves i know for a fact the bucks fucked up somehow that bad but i don't i believe that they can keep him no matter what and i'm fucking uh, like i'm offended you're asking this question honestly because he told this, me to ask man he wanted I mean, he to hear did your ask for a trade last night at the podium <laughs> Let's be yeah so but that's all I gotta say, though. Uh, Kurt, do you have anything to say before I go into? No, I want to. I want to hear your uh, monologue. All right. Well, just want to say, I've watched this team for fucking since Michael Red in two thousand. What year was he an All Star? I don't remember. It was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. That man made me fall in love with basketball and this Bucks team. And as I grew up, I saw mediocrity after mediocrity after mediocrity eighth seed seventh seed first round exits you know all in all not trading for stephen curry and only getting monte ellis uh we have monte and brandon jennings we swore they were going to be the best backcourt in the nba didn't happen we got bucks and six we identified with it didn't end up happening we got swept and then we rebuild and then on my 12th birthday in 2013, we draft on this that day. I was, I was thinking, I'm thinking, I want fucking Shane Larkin. I want Shabazz Muhammad. No, 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 no. We take some skinny kid from Greece. Who I didn't know who the fuck he was. I'm being serious. I had no idea who he was. And we go through, we then trade for this Brandon Knight, who's also a Bucks legend, let me let me just say that, and Chris Middleton, and we go through that season. We go fifteen and sixty-seven, the second worst record in NBA history. That was a tough season. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, and then you know we had oh, Karan Butler, Larry Sanders, Karan Butler, Washington legend. Yeah. We, we had some uh, Mba Mute, um, 
Nate Walters, Johnny O'Brien, you know, and over the years, just more mediocrity, more mediocrity. And I've just seen this team grow, you know, in front of my eyes. And it's just been a, it's been a special treat. And honestly, I never thought I would see the day where the Milwaukee Bucks are hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy. And it, it's just unfathomable to me. Well said. I am just, I, I'm so happy that it happened with this group of players because this is my favorite team in sports history. It always will be. I love them more than the 20, 2010 Packers. I love them more than any Packers team ever. I love them more than any Bucks team ever. And I don't think any team will beat them. And it's just been great. Love seeing it happen. Bucks and six prophecy is fulfilled. And they Couldn't will never win another playoff series again. Honestly, Sully, you haven't seen the Knicks win one, so you can't talk. Next year. It's true. Next, yeah, next year. year. Next year. Next year. Yes, when we sir. we trade for Giannis. Let's go. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Well, All right. well Bucks and six. Highlighted crew. That's it. Bucks and six. Giannis is the GOAT. Better than Malone. That's going to be it for today's episode, if you did enjoy. Um, I hope you enjoyed. That's all I can say. If you did enjoy, I hope you did. Uh, regardless, uh, we'll be back with next week's episode. Goodbye.